Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Formula One team is charging into the 2024 season with a new look and a new team. Today, Red Bull and Visa announced an unprecedented multi-year deal bringing, wait for it, a new look team to the grid in the form of Visa Cash App RB. <laughs> That's the Derek this week. Uh, not really a Nate original, but it's uh, it's one that I don't I didn't find it from my usual outlets. Uh, it was in my inbox randomly. I was gonna say, where <laughs> did you find this one? Yeah, it just it just came to my inbox. I was quite surprised. I don't usually get jokes sent to me, you know. And I and I don't usually get to read the joke before I hear yeah. the joke. Well, and but the thing was, you didn't know it was a joke when you read it, did you? Like, you probably did, but you didn't know it would be a joke on this podcast. You know what I mean? No, so, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So it's kind of this is a this is a you know a outstanding episode because I don't think we've ever had that before, where you guys unknowingly knew the joke before I told it. <laughs> no, it's the first, the pad hoc first. Pad hoc first. We love we love pad hoc first on the pad hoc. It's a little bit Inception. I like it. It just, I'm now right. questioning everything I ever read to know Adception. if it's going to be a, a future Nate joke. So hang on, do I need to rate this? Well, joke? I was going to say, are yeah. you even allowed to? Is this is this <laughs> going to put you in? Is this going to put you in dodgy territory with uh, with your with your bosses, or are you allowed to have a giggle? I mean, you've already had a giggle, to be fair. Well, so you I've, could, I've had a big really, giggle. You um, had a very. It's been a large giggle. <laughs> I think it's always fair to judge comedy. And so yes. I'm just rated whether or not that was funny or not. Yeah, Ricky Gervais right. over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with you, Lawrence, just to clarify. Okay. Because, and I'm um, so I'm so honored as well, by the way, that you said judge comedy in relation to something I've said to you. <laughs> that's gonna just that's my ego done for the year. You're welcome. Thanks, man. Oh god. And I don't give out compliments for free. You so don't. He charges for them, guys. If you're listening, he actually he, he will he will invoice you per compliment. It's very strange. Have you heard of Cameo? Because on there, all he ever does is say, "I will compliment you for a fee." Yeah. Well, he also says he says, "What's your cash up?" And then, uh, which is... <laughs> oh, oh. anyway, let's get a score. Let's okay, a I'm score. gonna give that an eight point seven. Oh, that's good. It's a good credit oh. rating. That's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Was so, he's desperate to have a pun. I was surprised it took that long, frankly. No, that was very moments. good. I mean, that's the perfect way to transition into the show, isn't it? Well, welcome, chaps, to another edition the paddock you've got nate you've got chris and you've got me once again and we've got some big topics to dig into today one of which we've already kind of talked about in mate, a what very do you think funny of... way <laughs> mate what do you think of it what do you think of visa cash app uh, rb f1 team i think it's a dreadful <laughs> name i think it's one of the worst things i've ever heard ever and i've you know i've listened i've i've heard you know justin bieber songs before um it's dreadful. Really, really bad. Um, and I want to clarify, you know, I know one of the guys that helped bring this deal 
deal about. So it's no shade on the deal. It's an amazing deal that they've pulled off, but it's just terrible, isn't it? I mean, as a name, I think I've been told. I, well, I say I think. I haven't think I've been told. I have been told. I don't think yeah. I've been told. Um, within within the company, I tweeted this yesterday, they're calling it VCARB, which is obviously an acronym of the whole name, which is slightly yet less terrible. But I mean, just generally is 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 sad. And I think a lot of people yesterday, their, their thought was, kind of just bring back Toro Rosso, because I liked that. Um, so yeah, that was my take on it. Well, that's kind of where, so we haven't really dug too much into steak, have we? But steak and sour and that sort of stuff. But you cut into a steak, you don't really dig into it. <laughs> uh, very good. <laughs> um but um so we haven't kind of said how bad that could have been but essentially that's just one name clearly a sponsor like one single title sponsor uh some people can call it sauber if they really want but we called alfa romeo alfa romeo so kind of feel like it should be steak but you at least had the entity of sauber for the Mm. car but now that there's no team name anymore there's just rb so I mean, they dropped even they, they the dropped even the racing because for a long time it was racing balls, wasn't it? We're like, okay, and that was pretty terrible. But it's like, all right, at least there's like a a link. Like it sounds Red Bullish, at least, right? It's too Red Bullish though. You can't have Red yeah, Bull no, and that, racing that, that, balls. It just seems odd. That is true. Yeah, Why, I'm with true. you. Why didn't they just go back with Toro Rosso as like the team name, and yeah. then add the sponsors in front of it? So it'd be Visa Cash App Toro Rosso F1 team. Which I think would be a long so name, but. Yeah. They'd have had so much goodwill from that. People would have loved that. And they would have kind of forgiven, like, okay, I can deal with the nonsense of that other stuff. Yeah. Let's call it Toro Rosso. But then again, they don't want it to be called Toro Rosso, do they? They want it to be Visa Cash App. That's what they're paying. They're paying a lot of money. The Visa Cash App, because those two companies have come together in this deal. So they're, they're, it's quite unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. So they're not paying all that money for it to be Toro Rosso or Alpha Tauri. They want their name, you know, said or season. Um but- I think they're also trying to move away from the junior team tag. And I think Toro Rosso is very much associated with the junior side of the team. And while I think they still will use that to bring drivers through, I think from all of the chat around it from senior stakeholders, they want that team to be more competitive. And that's why there's going to be a close relationship with Red Bull. So I think think moving to a different identity makes sense. I'm just not sure that their new identity is my favourite identity. There you go. I said something reasonably controversial. Wow, Stefano is going to be livid. <laughs> Sorry, Lars. No, I, I, yeah, I agree with you. And and I mean, we spoke about this last year, right? This is why Red Bull never really seriously considered putting Danny Rick into the top team because they want this team to be successful. I think the thing that's really I'm already frustrated by is the messaging from Red Bull where they're like, well, no one complained when Red Bull joined Formula One in 2004. Yeah, that was a brand name. And you know that, and and they're saying, oh, this, it's it's another disruptive company coming in. Like two things. First of all, Red Bull bought a team, and then bought a second team. So they, you know, they did it all from scratch. Secondly, there's nothing disruptive about Visa as an app. No one gets a Visa card out like, oh, that's edgy. I wonder if that's <laughs> going to work. What's he What's he buying with that Visa card that he's just pulled out of nowhere? You know, like Monzo is more is more disruptive than Visa in the UK. Plug for Monzo. Hey, Monzo, sponsor the pod. Um, <laughs> next week we'll be the Monzo Cash App <laughs> pad hoc. Um, if only it were that easily, I tell you. Yeah, I know it, it would be great, right? Um, and I mean, so you know, we can come on to an interesting story about that in a second. But I think that's the that's the thing that's frustrating is this kind of marketing messaging around. Oh, it's a really disrupt. It it's like Red Bull was genuinely disruptive when it came in. You know, in the early two thousands. The idea of no one knew what an energy drink was really like people knew it was full of sugar. If you read about Red Bull in the early days as a drink in Europe, it was like really big in the clubbing scene. People 
would drink it to get through like all night raves and do whatever it is you do in an early 2000s all night rave you know so it was seen as edgy it was seen as something where it's like well this is this isn't something that you just kind of pick up in the high street i think i remember buying red bull cans and it would be a bit like oh that's weird like it felt strange so that that was disruptive it was different it was edgy so when red bull bought into the formula one brand it was that visa cash app doing it isn't either of those things it's I think Visa is one of the biggest companies in the world. So that marketing is going to piss me off all year. You can already tell I'm pissed off. And when I get pissed <laughs> off, I just it just lingers in me for for months, week, like years even. So, you know, you guys can expect a lot more of that this year. I'm looking um, forward to the first time you have to interview one of the drivers and you're just sort of like, so, Yuki, team name's a bit shit, right? Well, I think <laughs> um, that could be a saving... <laughs> <laughs> That could be a saving grace, though, because I imagine Ricardo at least is going to have a lot of fun with that name. So in that sense, I feel like... You know, and I think Yuki being kind of confused about the name will also be quite entertaining because I, I feel like both of them are going to be like, well, what's this team called? There's videos going around of Lewis and Toto still not getting the AMG Patronas Mercedes like in the right way around. Oh, yeah. So you can imagine the the nightmare that these two guys are going to have with this. Yeah, it's just I'm with you on like the Red Bull thing as well about the, the name change there. And look, we've had some long, weird names like Aramco cognizant Aston Martin or whatever but with those you've got the owner as yeah a, exactly central team name uh and even if the owner is a bit odd in the sense of Red Bull was an energy drink becoming an F1 team owner and then now I think a lot of people identify they hear Red Bull and they do think sporting and uh kind of you know the way that they invested in um generally extreme sports wasn't it so you at least had that central part of the name and it's by just making it RB. And like you said, it's meant to be Racing Bulls, but it's not named as Racing Bulls anywhere else. I think it might be on the entry list, but you know, the team haven't said RB stands for Racing Bulls, like yeah, officially. It's not on no, any of the press releases. Sorry. Sorry. No, so they've the they, yeah. they dropped yeah. that. They dropped that this yeah. month. It was going to be, and they've dropped it. So it's it's, it's so yeah. it's like, yeah, is it Racing Bulls? Is it Red Bull? Um, is it rubbish branding? Whichever one it is, it's well, maybe that's like, what it stands for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's the point. It's just feels like it's actually lost identity and yeah. i there was a pretty strong backlash towards steak when the f1 team was called that was alfa romeo was called steak and i was like well i'm just gonna call it sauber but there, there was an argument to be had around what you call that but i haven't seen anything as negative as the reaction to this visa cash app rb which is worrying if, if you've invested all that money and you're like yeah we want to be known as within f1 and stuff and you've actually taken it like your brand image takes a hit because of the way you've gone about it, that's a bad thing. Like it should have been that they had a cool, you know, a title sponsor around a cool existing name, and you know they have massive branding all over the car, so people would associate. But they'd associate then more positively. Right now they're associating negatively, I think, which is surely mm -hmm. isn't a good way of doing it. But I mean, I don't come up with these deals. No, I agree. Yeah, and <laughs> you agree I, think... that I don't come up with these deals. You know what I do. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, I think you hit the nail on the head. And it is interesting. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like with a lot of these deals, these companies don't look short term, do they? They're not like, oh, there's, you know, it's backlash now. Because I feel like over the, whatever the deal is, whether it's two, three years, you'd assume by people are going to get used to it. It's a bit like, you know, when people got used to the Halo, everyone, people hated the Halo for a week or so. And then people like, oh, the Halo's on the car now, whatever. So I assume everyone will just get used to it and it will just become part of, uh, part of it and that's kind of worrying isn't it because then the next one of these doesn't feel so crazy and then whatever the next step is beyond that doesn't feel so crazy so it's how you kind of sleepwalk towards a grid where if you look at the tour de france every year 
a colleague of mine at ESPN pointed this out. You look at all the teams, you've got like Team Sky, when Lance Armstrong was winning all those Tour de France's or wasn't winning all the Tour de France's, as it U- turned US out. US Postal. Um, yeah, US Postal. So all the teams, like they changed their net. And, and I, I forget some of the, like there's Astana as one of the teams. Is that right? That was one of the yeah, teams. Now, yeah, was Grenadiers, I think. Um, yeah. So like you've got, and, and those teams, it's hard to know what their identity is because you associate them with, me anyway looking into cycling from a very very you know distant point you don't think oh that's team sky but it's actually x you know it's actually team britain or whatever you're like no that's just team sky but then they're based out of this place so it's a bit worrying um and i yeah i don't know it it feels like a maybe a slippery slope we don't want to get onto yeah i agree i think there's a lot of that that happens though and it kind of um slight tangent but yeah it just it's always a little step removed and each one people just get away with as such uh and it doesn't seem as quite a big a deal. And then someone does something like this, it's a bit more of a big deal, gets a bit of reaction. Like you say, eventually people move on. And then someone else thinks, oh, well, we can do we can do the same. It's a bit like there's one of the F1 teams are launching on a Monday, but they don't have time to do the media on the Monday, apparently. So they want to do all the media stuff on a Sunday. And it's like, we've got to give up 24 weekends during the F1 season already, which is a ridiculous amount. And 25 with testing. Well, there you go. And then you add in, although doesn't testing in on the Friday, technically. Well, if you're staying out, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, but then, yeah, it's like, okay, that in the off season, we're going to add, do all your work on the Sunday now. And it's kind of like, it's a small thing, but just mm. adding that to what's already such a saturated like calendar and the sacrifice that people make in this job. And it's just like, well, they already make loads of sacrifices. So let's make them make, let them make another one. Um, and from my point of view, it's my, it's my old man's birthday. So I'm going home. Um, we've got a half marathon booked in that we were running in the morning because you think you're safe on a Sunday in February. Um, and then I'm going home for his uh, for his birthday lunch. And when I kind of said to the team, I, like, I might not make it because unless the timing works out really well, I'm going to be at this. And they kind of said, oh, it should probably be fairly late in the day. So hopefully we'll be done with the marathon running then. And I was kind of like, you're missing the point where I said, I've got a family member's birthday and it's planned on a Sunday afternoon. You think you're safe here. Like, and yeah. but again, it's, I also get for them, it's not a huge leap. They, they obviously don't want to really be doing it then, but it's just always that little bit more that people ask of everyone. And, and then it's just like, well, that's okay. That's normal. And soon it's going to be announcements all the time on Sundays. Like we're mm. going to have like multiple. Don't say that. I'm not having that. Exactly, no, it's gonna it's gonna get that way, isn't it? Because you can't turn the internet off, so people are like, well, might as well do it on a Sunday. I like that. Um, you think you're safe on a on a Sunday in February? That could be like the beginning <laughs> of a horror horror <laughs> about the Formula One off season. Um, but you're right as well. If you look at the calendar, so I started in 2014 when I replaced Mr. Medland at ESPN. Um, and I that waved. year, every he did, he waved straight at me. I didn't wave back. Rude. Um, pretty too sure busy pointing to make. I was too busy point. pointing at you both. <laughs> Yeah. which is rude actually i'm sorry um i think that year was 20 was was 19 races or 18 races and then everyone was like that's insane 18 races like this is unsustainable but if you look at it every year there's been like it's been a year or two and then it's crept to 20 and it's gone to 21 and and now we're at 24 that's going to keep going as well and 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 we, we just every year's one added and it's like oh well you know it's only one more but it's like yeah it's one more but it's 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 eight more or six more in 10 years, you know? So um, across the board, I think everyone's doing that. And it's, I think sports doing it generally, like the NFL keeps adding games to the season and stuff like that. I think it's just because there's so much money in sports now. You just, you need all this stuff, but, Mm. but yeah. But you're right there though, because that's in 10 years that you've done it. The calendar has gone up by more than 25%. Yeah. It's gone from 19 to 24. So, and it seemed long when I started. Yeah. So um, it's, it's, 
And it, it, you won't get the, those kind of percentages seem so big as you move forward because there's so many races. So you add another five now and it's only 20%. But it's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's on top of what's already such a big list. But uh, before we get Lawrence into too much trouble, um, <laughs> bitching about the calendar. Um, let's bitch about were, a racetrack. Well, yeah, there was two <laughs> announcements, wasn't there? So let's, yeah. let's, let's bitch about that first. I'm excited to go to Madrid, the city. Yeah, I like sick. I like that idea. Um, I think it's cool. And you can get to where the circuit is really quickly from the centre of Madrid. So I think for fans, that's going to be awesome. But the track doesn't look great from what's been released yet, does it? No. Lawrence, what's your thought on that? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to pick up on Medlin's point about how great it is to be going to Madrid, the city. <laughs> no, I think that um, talking to Craig Wilson, who has played a part in the design of that circuit. I think there probably is a little bit of way to go to maybe try and tweak it to improve it. I think there is the potential for things like banking and other elements that you can. And if you want banking, you can use Visa Cash App. Sorry, sorry. Lawrence has waited so long to speak and I've just cut him off. Sorry, mate. No, that's okay. You can always cut me off, mate. That I feel like there could be a good opportunity here to improve things. And look, no one thought that Vegas was going to be a great race, and it turned out to be a great race based on that layout. So I would rather let's let wait, wait, wait and see what happens. Get to Madrid. It's, it's been my number one city on the bucket list to visit. I think from an experience point of view, I think it'll be great for fans to go there. One hundred forty thousand. They'll be up to um, three or four years into their deal. So I think it'll be a great atmosphere. Uh, Spain seems to be loving Formula One even more now. So I think I'm going to try and focus on the fact that we're going to a cool city that could have a great track um, and will hopefully have a good atmosphere. I think they're loving Formula One less now that Carlos Sainz doesn't have a contract and Charles Leclerc does. <laughs> the Ferrari favouritism. What a segue. What a locking segue. That in. But that's only just to mention it. We'll get back to that, actually, because I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like Barcelona's a great city to visit. I love going to Barcelona, the city. But the track and like... Going there from a work perspective, but also just generally the fan feedback from it. There's always been like, yeah, it could be better. Um, and the problem is, I think F1 cars are so incredible. Their performance, they're best seen on permanent circuits. And, you know, if, if someone designed another, I mean, if you think of the feedback like Kota gets as one of the new tracks and, and how well kind of received that was, or Sepang when that was added, um, Suzuka now, I think there's talk of like an Osaka street race kind of interesting one. Uh, and it's like, well, God forbid Suzuka was ever at risk. But you've got these iconic circuits that are just brilliant as well to see a Formula One car being allowed to do what it does. And if you stop, if you start limiting like an F1 car being able to hit those performance levels because they're on street circuits and kind of things where you have to compromise the way you run a car, then you start to use a li lose a little bit of the USP, I think, of the sport. You, you kind of need to make sure you don't lose too many, I think. Uh, circuits and opportunities to really push them to their ultimate limit and that's a, a normally a permanent track which and Barcelona was one where you normally saw that with some of the corners they had and stuff so uh, I'm just a little bit um, wary that we're getting so many street circuit hybrids but I'm with you it could make for good racing I just don't want to I don't want them all to be that way if that makes sense and also this again goes back to the 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 creeping number because what is it now eight or nine this will be it depends if you if what you count montreal as i think um but it's a lot it's a lot of races and 
Yeah, I, I've always felt the street race. Like, if you look at when Singapore joined, it had a cool bit to it. Like, it's like, oh, it's a night race. It's like, you know, it looks amazing. Obviously, Monaco, when they're driving around, half the time you're looking at the scenery, stuff like that. Then Vegas, the race was great. But also, the way, the way that race is light in the middle of the city is so special. and makes It makes it feel like, it's like, oh, they are racing in Vegas. This Madrid one, they're kind of, you're right, they're not, they're not in the center. They're kind of just in the middle of a city. And I'm not sure how Madrid-y it's going to feel. And, you know, Valencia was kind of like that. And I think with a street circuit has that more than a than a permanent circuit, I think, that you have to, it has to feel like you're in the city. For me, anyway, it has to feel like, oh, like, where is this? Because otherwise, like, Sochi was a good example. It was like, well, Sochi is just a racetrack and it's got some, like, Russian-looking things around it. But it didn't feel too special. It was like a street hybrid kind of circuit. Mm. And I don't know, it just, in terms of character and and building that kind of prestige, I don't know how... I don't know how well you can do that. But again, we haven't seen much of the Madrid circuit. Like we've seen like a rendering of what it will look like. And we've seen, I think Williams put out like a lap of it. And you can never really tell from that. So don't want to completely write it off. But I, I'm with the two. I'm, well, I'm with Meadows. Lawrence didn't say it because he's very, very smart. Um, but yeah, street circuits generally, it's just worrying how many there are. And again, when these come on, look at what this is replacing. It's replacing Barcelona. As Meadows said, not the most popular circuit in the world, but it's replacing a purpose-built circuit street race and you look at the other circuits that we always hear at risk spa francochamp is always one mons has had a few years where we're like is that gonna is that gonna go and you feel like the business model for a lot of places if you're not a middle eastern state the best way to put on a formula one race is to have funding for a city-based event and that's kind of worrying right because it is getting away from the dna of formula one and i just think that having a few of them on the grid is great having a few of them on the calendar like vegas i actually think is going to really People are going to look forward to that. You know, if it is as good every year and they're going to make it look even more spectacular. But yeah, if you just suddenly start having loads of them, it's a bit like having 24 races. It's like, how do you get excited for 24 things? You know, if there's if there's less of them, I think it's better. So worry about that. Um, and yeah, the Madrid thing will be cool. But again, a lot of fans don't go, go don't get to do that. So from a fan perspective, a sport perspective, it's a little bit different, isn't it? I think still the 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 race has to be good. Um, and like you said, Lawrence, like we don't know if that is the case or not yet, so we can't really judge. Got two years to build up to it. Now we were supposed to dive into the Charles Leclerc contract extension, but I've run out of time. So I'm going one to word, one word reaction to it. Yeah, expected. Yeah, so predictable. Yeah, like we can't really dive into too much in the sense that you expected him to sign a new deal, and he has. Uh, yeah. And now we have to try and find out how long it is. Yeah, yeah, I love it when teams just kind of say they'll, the driver will stay beyond this season and then they talk in as if it's going to be multiple years, which it almost certainly will be. And then, but not entirely make clear how long he's going to be there for. What do you think? I reckon it's going to be around two, three, four mark with options in between. If he's smart, it'll be 25 and then he can get out at the end of 25 if things look really bad. Or, sorry, get out in 26 if things uh, look really yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two plus one. Yeah, I think I think quite a lot tend to be two plus ones, um, or like one plus one plus one. But yeah, I think he'll be a two plus one up to the end of twenty five. He's locked in, and then he gets a year of twenty six. That is like he'll be there. But if at the end of that season it's not a top three car or something, he can leave for free. So that's my guess. But we'll try and find out because that's what we do. We're journalists, and we don't always complain about things. But today we did. Today was quite a grumpy episode. I'm sorry. I did write. I did. Uh, there's only one side of the bed I can wake up on because it's against the wall. But it sounds oh, like geez. it's the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always yeah. going to be the wrong one. Then you need to sort the position of your bed out. Yeah. And this might explain. Day. This is actually suddenly it's quite an epiphany about me generally. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, uh, let's call it there before you get. It was all so simple. To, uh, Sorry, Les. Late sidestep. Uh, no, never, never apologise. It's okay. That's what I'm here for. To stop you guys talking at some point, otherwise we'd be here all day. Thanks to everyone who is still listening. You can of course follow us on our social channels at the Paddock QE. Nate's work on ESPN.com, Medicine's work on Medicine.com, and my work on FBOD.com. And we will do this again very, very soon. Mostly because we've already got the next idea for our episode. Yeah, some guy called Gunther Steiner lost his job. Wait, what? Network.